You're listening to the First Baptist Rockdale Sunday Sermons Podcast. First Baptist Rockdale is a church dedicated to making disciples who make disciples. We hope you enjoy this week's message. We're continuing to go through the book of John. We're in John chapter 10 today, so if you have your Bible, you can go on ahead and open up to John chapter 10. And John 10, as I said uh, just before that, is the passage uh, where Jesus Uh, claims the great I am statement that says, I am the good shepherd. And that that is a wonderful, wonderful statement. In fact, that statement, the image of Jesus as a good shepherd is one of the most like inspirational statements, right? Because a shepherd is a caring, uh, protecting guard for otherwise helpless sheep. Uh, and, And we are those sheep who are borderline Helpless, but we have a shepherd who loves and cares for us. And the shepherd imagery that Jesus draws throughout all of the Gospels, you know, as we as we look at that, we see that you know the shepherd would leave ninety nine to go find the one that's lost. And how true that is, right? That when I've been the one that's lost, that God has sought me out to bring me back. And it's inspired all through the you know artwork like we have in our church here uh, that we have you know standing behind me, uh, you know, where, where Jesus is holding you know, a lamb uh, and caring for it, providing for it, nurturing it. Uh, That is the God that we serve. He's more than that, right? He isn't just that. He isn't just this gentle, uh, caring uh, God. He's more than that, but he is that. That's absolutely part of who Jesus is. He is this good shepherd who cares for us today. And if he is a shepherd, then we are sheep. Uh, and we need to recognize as sheep that we have um, to follow our shepherd. And so we're going to read today a little bit about the re- responsibility of the sheep, the responsibility of the shepherd, and what pretenders to shepherds look like today in John chapter 10. Here we go. We're going to start up in verse 1 of John 10. Jesus is speaking and he says, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief. And a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. And to him the gatekeeper opens. And the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name. And he leads them out. And when he has brought all his own. Out all of his own. He goes before them. And the sheep follow him. For they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow. But they will flee from him. For they do not know the voice of strangers. I want to stop right there as, as we begin to talk about it because Jesus is uh, going to be speaking in a couple of uh, metaphor, parables, allegories, something um, to kind of draw out who he is. Uh, and he wants to start out by, by, by giving us a picture of a sheepfold. Now, I'm not a, a shepherd, right? I've never, uh, as far as I know, I don't think I've ever touched a sheep. It's possible I've touched a sheep sometime. My, my wife is amazed by this fact. Uh, I've touched goats and pigs and donkeys and horses and cows and I can't ever think of touching a sheep in my life. Maybe I have at a petting zoo once upon a time somewhere come up across a sheep. I don't know of any of you that keep sheep, right? The McGee's used to keep pigs and donkeys in town, um, but, uh, but, but I didn't have sheep back there uh, in town. By the way, town is so glad y'all moved to Milano. That is, that's all appropriate out there in Milano. You enjoy that um, out there, but... But, you know, I, 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 so I don't want to stand up here and pretend that I'm an expert in, in shepherding, okay? Uh, but but I, I do understand the picture Jesus is drawing. It's a, it's, it's a picture of kind of a community 
uh, sheep pen. And all the sheep are in there, and it's a mixed flock. All right, there's sheep that belong to this guy, and sheep that belong to this guy, and sheep that belong to that guy. And they pay a dude uh, to be the gatekeeper to let the shepherd in. So the guy comes up, says, hey, come to get my sheep. He knows who you are because there's only like, you know, probably four different sheep, uh, sheep herds in there. He says, sure, go on in. Flock, I guess it's not a herd. Uh, flocks of sheep in there. Go on in. By the way, just a, this is fair, free, free information for you today. Um, you know, like uh, terms, groups of animals have such weird terms, right? Like a, a group of, uh, of crows is a murder, right? It's a murder of crows. A group of ravens, uh, what, what was that? A group of ravens is, is like an unkindness. That, that's what it's called. An unkindness is a group of ravens. And does anyone know what a group of vultures is called? This is a good, this is a good Baptist joke and also true. It's called a committee. That's what it's called. That's what it's called, okay? That's just that's, that's free names of animals. I'll, I'll try to use flock for sheep because that is the appropriate name of a group of sheep, okay? Um, but, 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 you know, the, 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 high, the, the hired hand who's there managing the gate uh, sees the shepherd, says, yeah, come on in. And he goes in and he calls out to his sheep. And his sheep hear his voice. They know the voice of their shepherd as uh, in comparison to all the other shepherds who have sheep in there. And they leave uh, their sheep pen to go out to pasture and follow after their shepherd because they know his voice. And, and Jesus says they won't listen to a stranger. If a stranger was to come and try to lead them out, they wouldn't follow his voice because they don't know the voice of a stranger. He gives a secondary picture of what's going on as well. He says, you know that the that, that, that shepherd has rights to those sheep because he goes through the gate. There's other people who may jump over the wall if you're jumping over the wall, you probably don't belong there, right? And we've been there before, right? Like you want to, you got something on the other side of a fence, right? And it's not your property, so you jump the fence, right? If it was your property, right, you, you wouldn't have to jump the fence. You would open the gate and walk right through because it's yours. Uh, you belong there, right? And there's always pretenders and there's always people um, who, are, who are trying to get at the sheep. As your pastor, as an under-shepherd, under Jesus Christ, I'm aware of that. I'm aware there are always people trying to, to get at the sheep, right? And they're trying to, to take advantage of the sheep. They're trying to abuse the sheep. They're trying to, to, to point the sheep in the wrong direction. Jesus is saying this parable immediately after, at least in John's accounting, immediately after uh, the Pharisees or the Pharisees, the leaders of the, uh, the, the, the synagogue had just thrown out the man who had been blind from birth um, because the man who, who Jesus healed who was blind from birth uh, confessed that Jesus must be something great because he is, you know, like he healed him and no one else has ever done that before. Uh, and they throw him out. And Jesus is responding to them throwing him out by saying, let's talk about what a true shepherd looks like. A true shepherd doesn't jump through the walls to abuse the sheep. Right? A true shepherd walks in, calls his sheep, and his sheep follow him. And I want you to know something as, as a sheep today, as a fellow sheep like you, you know, we need to know the voice of our shepherd, right? The sheep, if you're truly a follower of Jesus Christ, you know the voice of the shepherd. Uh, the Holy Spirit lives inside of the believer. It's a beautiful thing that happens at salvation. When you trust Jesus Christ for salvation, you are immediately filled with the Holy Spirit. Not in a Pentecostal way necessarily, but you are filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes to live within you. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit comes to live within you, right? You have a, a discerning truth inside of you and so when you hear the voice of jesus you should follow 
that voice. You know, sometimes I think we're just bad sheep, right? We're just bad sheep, right? We hear the voice. We even may even recognize, like, yes, that's what Jesus is calling me to do. And we say, I don't want to do that. I want to go this other way. I want to do my own thing. I want to walk my own direction. That's, that's not the picture of what sheep are called to do. Right? Sheep are called to go out after their shepherd. And then, oh, I love the picture. You know, when, when we uh, do like shepherding in, in this side of the world, right, we use dogs. I have an Australian shepherd. Uh, when we uh, were living out at the ranch at the Renault's house, we let it outside one time, circled up all the cows in the field, just got them all in a tight little, didn't know what to do with them. It's just like natural, like runs out in the field, circles the cows all up and pushes them in. The cows are trying to run at it and it's yipping and whatever it does. Like it just knows, that's all it knows. It's a dog, right? It's been bred to do that. It never was trained to do it, obviously, because like we couldn't move the cattle somewhere. If it was trained, it could move them where you wanted it to go. We use animals to help shepherd our, our herds and our flocks now. Um, but in the ancient Near East, uh, and even today, um, they just call and the sheep follow them. And so instead of being behind the sheep to drive the herd, right, to drive the flock where you want it to go, they lead the sheep with their voice, and the sheep follow after the shepherd. He's not going behind and having to, yip, 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 get out of here, go, go, go. No, no, he just walks ahead, and he calls out. And as he talks and calls and does whatever he's doing, the sheep follow the voice of their shepherd. Guys, I, I, I want us to be that type of sheep. I want us to stop arguing with what Jesus is telling you to do, right? And this is, this is for me as well. There are times when I am very certain what God is calling me to do in my life. Like, it, it's not uh, debatable. It's not, well, maybe this is what's going on. It's very certain. God is calling me to do this. And instead of doing that, I, I get into an argument with God about why I'm not the person who should be doing this. Right, well, that's not, you know, that's not really my gift. It's not really my strength. What about this person? God, have you considered Jerry Offield? I mean, she's wonderful. Right? I want you to do it on Jerry. Jerry, I'm glad to have you back, honestly, so I can throw things at you. Right? If you want you to use Jerry instead of me, God, just, just put it on her instead of me. That, she loves you. She'll do a great job. Right? But there are times when God is truly telling me, Matt, this is your area. You need to lead in this area. And I just don't want to do it. It's hard. It's uncomfortable. It puts me in a spot that I don't want to be. But if the shepherd is calling, we need to follow. Guys, true, true sheep know the true shepherd. Right? If, you're, if, you're, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you are a sheep, and if you're one of his sheep, you know his voice. Stop arguing with it. Right? Stop arguing with it. And if you want to know his voice better, you probably need to walk with him instead of running away from him. One of the things I encourage you all to do, and I still encourage you to do, is spend time reading God's word every day. You want to know what God sounds like as opposed to the other voices in the world, as opposed to your own personal ambition, your personal pride, the things inside of you that drive you to want to do what you do? Spend time with God. Let God's word just impact your life, and then you'll know what God is asking you to do. Continuing on, uh, starting in verse 6, it says, This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they didn't understand what he was saying, so he continues. He says, "Truly," or Jesus said to them again, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep didn't listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved uh, and will go in and out and he'll find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is, not, who, he who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. 
and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he's a hired hand and he doesn't care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father and I lay down my life for my sheep. This, this is a story, right? Jesus goes and he says, okay, let's give you a different parable. So, so when you read this, sometimes you want to put them together and be like, okay, so, so Jesus goes to the gate and he's a shepherd through the, now he's the gate, now he's the shepherd again. Like you get a little confused because how can he be like in three places at once and we, we get all sorts of craziness going on here. Jesus is just trying to give a, like aspects of who he is. So he is the one whose voice that, that the sheep follow. Right? Then he goes to the next aspect that he is. He's like, I am the gate. Right? I am the pathway for life. And, and those who come in through me and go out by way of me have entered into life. Right? They are experiencing life. Not just life eternal, which it is that, but life today. True, meaningful life here today, 2021 Right now, you can be living God's purposes for your life. You can be in the middle of God's will for your life today. It's not just a future promise when Beulah land comes, right? It's not just tomorrow. Today, you can be living in the middle of God's will as you enter through the gate. Jesus is that gate. Everything else, all the other pathways out of the, out, out of the sheep pen are, are death and destruction. But the gate is the path to life and pasture. And then Jesus says, and I'm not just the gate, I'm also the good shepherd. Or I'm not just a shepherd, I'm the good shepherd, and I'm in contrast to these hirelings, right? The hirelings are the ones uh, who are hired to care for the sheep, and then chaos comes and they run away. Uh, my first church I was a youth pastor at, Blanchard Baptist Church. Hopefully no one from there is watching today. Um, but Blanchard Baptist Church, I, I love that church. It was a wonderful opportunity for me to serve uh, as a youth minister, to figure out ministry in a full-time capacity, I learned a ton at that church, and I still love many of the people at that church. I left that church uh, the same year Hurricane Katrina came, and I left in the summer after Hurricane Katrina and after Hurricane Rita. If you remember Hurricane Rita, it came like, I don't know, four weeks after Hurricane Katrina, and it was targeting right at Houston, Texas. Like It was tracked to go to Houston, Texas, and it was going to smash Houston, and everyone was still kind of like in Look at what just happened in New Orleans. What if that happens to Houston? And so Houston emptied. The whole city evacuated, and the storm turned and went closer up the coast towards Louisiana and came in in the Golden Triangle, Orange, Port Arthur area, and ultimately came right over Livingston, Texas. It, it damaged the, the dam. Uh, lake Livingston had winds over 100 miles an hour uh, going across the surface of the lake, and that's like 70, 80 miles inland. Right, the storm was intense. Trees were fell all over my area. When that storm came in, I was still at Blanchard Baptist Church, uh, and I was the youth pastor there, or youth minister, or youth director. I don't know what my title was. Who cares? Right, I was the guy doing youth ministry at that church, uh, and my pastor was out on a family vacation. His family vacation had been scheduled. He was already gone before the storm was targeted, before the storm turned, before all that stuff. Uh, we opened our church up as a shelter um, because, like, there was no gas in Texas uh, for like three weeks because of this storm. It was insane. And there were cars up and down Highway 59 stranded. And so we opened our church up as a shelter. We had people come in. We, we, we weathered the storm together. And then I left like right after that storm, like, I don't know, two, three weeks after that storm, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe a month, I was on to my next ministry assignment. And my pastor, my previous pastor, calls me and says, hey, 
you won't guess what happened. And he had contentious business meetings at that church. It's one of the things I love about this church is we don't have particularly contentious business meetings. Thank you, guys. Um, but he had a business meeting, and, uh, and one of the seasoned saints stood up, and they read this passage of Scripture. And they said, you're the hireling. The storm came, and you abandoned us. And, and I thought that was pretty unfair because, like, they were fine and they were cared for. And, but but that, that person felt, and that person had other issues with the pastor beyond him taking, like, once a year vacation, uh, right? They had other issues, but they used Scripture to justify their assault on him. But, but you know, it's true. There are people who sit in my office, in the, in, in, not in my office, but in the pastoral office of churches across the country, right? And they are hirelings. But they're there. Because, like, they can work and they can get a decent salary, right? And they can get paid a decent amount and they get a free house, right? Which is kind of a perk as well, right? Like, and so you get all these perks and you get to do a job that's kind of fun. Like, I get to get up and talk to y'all and y'all have to listen to me, right? You get all these kind of perks and you got a little bit of power. Uh, and so if you're like someone who likes power, you get a little bit of, like, kingdom building power. And you're like, ooh, that's kind of nice. And so the pastorate, this under-shepherd position can bring a lot of people who are not called to ministry to it. Uh, and some of you have witnessed some of these people. Maybe some of these people have served at this church in the pastor position. I don't know. I don't have anything negative to say about anyone who's ever served here before. Um, but we've seen these people in our lives. I have people that I was called to ministry alongside of. Right? Whenever I surrendered to ministry at 18, um, there were other people in my church about the same age. And I was like, yeah, I don't think that person's really called to ministry. Right, I think they're called, uh, and that's judgmental, I understand. Um, but just looking at them and looking at their life and their priorities, and now with 20 years of, like, after the fact, I'm like, yeah, I feel pretty good about that. Right, some people's mamas call them to ministry, right? Mama says, you're supposed to be a pastor, and they say, okay, I guess I'm supposed to be a pastor, and they don't know anything else. Mama called me to ministry. Did God call you to ministry? No. And those people are oftentimes hirelings, and then when trouble comes to the church, when something crazy happens, when something uh, just chaotic, when life goes bad in the life of the sheep, and they look around and they see danger for the sheep, they say, I'm out. I'm going to another ministry assignment. I got somewhere else to be. I don't want to deal with the, with the difficult challenges, but the good shepherd, right, in this case, Jesus, the ultimate good shepherd. Like, I am not the good shepherd, okay, guys? I just want you to know that real quick. I am an under-shepherd. Sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm not a very good one of those, okay? Like, but, but, but I do genuinely love y'all. I do genuinely want to shepherd y'all in a way that honors what the good shepherd would do if he was standing in my same position. But I know that I pale in comparison. Just like as a father, I'm not a good representation of what a father is compared to what God is as a father. I'm just like that as a shepherd, right? I just don't measure up to Jesus' perfect standard. But the good shepherd, right, when, when, when danger comes... When there's risk, when the wolf comes, when the bear comes, when the lion comes, when there's danger for the sheep, he stands and fights up to the point of laying down his life for his sheep. He would die for you. And that's exactly what Jesus did. But there is a true and real danger in the world, guys. That danger is sin and it is ever-present. It is a prowling lion seeking to destroy you. Seeking to annihilate you. All right? And the devil prowls around. That's the picture in the Bible that it's he's seeking who he can devour. Constantly looking for someone to devour. And Jesus stood between you and that prowling lion to fight him off so you could receive life. 
and it cost him his. He laid down his life. And I love that picture, right? It's not that the, the lion took the life. It's not that the bear took the life. It's not that the wolf took the life. It's that the shepherd chose to lay down his life. Jesus chose to lay down his life because he's the good shepherd. The good shepherd guards and protects his flock even up to the point of costing him his life. Right? In times of crisis, the shepherd is tested. That's true in churches today with under shepherds. And it was true of Jesus Christ 2,000 years ago when he went to the cross to die for sins he didn't commit so he could protect you from the lion that prowls to seek to devour you. Jesus is the good shepherd. He laid down his life for his sheep so that you could be saved. He took the, the, the teeth he took the cause. He took the pain of death. He took it all so you could receive salvation. What a beautiful gift that is. That is our shepherd. The hireling sees danger and runs the other way. Right? And that's all the religious leaders in Jesus' day. It's even some religious leaders today. When danger comes, they sprint the opposite direction. They don't want to be caught with the bag in their hand at the end. And Jesus says, when there's danger for the sheep that I love, I'll stand between them and danger. That is the call of the pastor, by the way. If you ever feel called to ministry, if you struggle with a call to ministry in your life, I want you to know that's the call of the pastor. It's to stand between death and destruction for your people and to put yourself in that place. When danger comes for them, to put yourself in that place. It's a dangerous job. We follow after the example of the one true good shepherd, Jesus Christ. Continuing on in verse 16, it says, And I have other sheep, Jesus says, who are not of this fold, and I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be, not, uh, be one flock and one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord, and I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. And so there was division again amongst the Jews because of these words, and many of them said, he has a demon, he's insane. Why listen to him? And others said, look, these aren't the words of a man who's oppressed by a demon, for, for can a demon open the eyes of the blind? And, and so Jesus shares at the end, and he says, look, look, my flock is vast. In Jesus' day and age, the flock of God was seen to be very limited. There was an elect group of people, a select group of people who were children of Abraham, and they were followers of Moses. And if you were to be in that genetic line, then you were blessed by God. right? And that was the whole picture in Jewish salvation at that time. If you're one of those people, if you're one of Abraham's descendants, then you are chosen by God. You're part of God's perfect flock. And Jesus is saying, look, I have other sheep who don't belong to the flock that you identify with. There are other sheep out there. And in that case, that's, that's me, a Gentile, someone who has no, as far as I know, no Jewish heritage in me whatsoever. Right, but God chose to bring me, an outsider, into his family. He told me he took me from, from a flock far away and brought me near to the shepherd. And I know his voice because he called to me. 
Jesus' flock is vast. Sometimes we, we, we want to like really segment Jesus' flock down to us. Churches have a bad, bad tendency of doing this. right? Like we were the first Baptist church. By the way, that's like a, like a YouTube comment from the early days of YouTube. right? You post a video, you're like, first! <laughs> right? That's how we named our church. Like, like that, that's the... Uh, some of y'all are like, I don't know what you're talking about. That's how, that's, that, that literally was the first, like, eight comments on every video on YouTube for a decade. Um, people trying to be the first person to comment on it. But some people, you know, we, we, we like, well, we're, and we were the first Baptist church. Like, we were 18, I don't want to make up the year now, because I don't have it on top of my head, 80-something. Right, we're old. Our church is old. Right, every other Baptist church, every other evangelical church in Rockdale, Texas, uh, probably came from some sort of split in this church, to be fair. Let's just be honest here. Uh, right? Right. Or, 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 due to segregation, came because we wouldn't let people come to church here uh, due to segregation. So we're like, why don't you go to Rising Star? That's where you're allowed to go. You're not allowed to go here. Right? And, and, and we, we kind of have this, like, theological picture. And, and we don't always say it. We don't, we, we don't necessarily even truly believe it. We believe, like, that, that we're... Not just right. Like, I, if I didn't think I was right, I wouldn't have the opinions I have. Okay? Like, we don't just think that we're right. We think that we're, like, the only right. Right? And, and so we look at the other denominations. It's easier to look outside of the Baptist denomination. Look at the other denomination. We're like, hmm, those Methodist crazy Wesleyans. Right? And then we pick on, like, one little, like, doctrinal issue that we have with the Methodist church. And we're like, yeah, look at this right here. That kind of untangles them, right? Like, if only they would understand true theology, they would come to the one true flock of God, First Baptist Church Rockdale, where we have everything right, right? Why wouldn't they come here, right? And, and, and we, maybe you don't think like this, maybe it's just me, right? Like, 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 we just, we have a sense. Because we're right, or at least we believe we're right, <laughs> right? That, that everyone would naturally end up here. But the truth is, God's flock is vast, and, like, I, I've come to appreciate that over the years. Like, there are denominations I, I cannot, I, I can't get, get totally down with. All right, now I'll, I'll throw, throw one out there, uh, Lutherans. I, I appreciate a ton of Lutheran theology. Like, I think they get some things very right. They got some weird things with baptism that I just can't, can't get with. Like, uh, that, there's a bridge in how they view baptism that I just can't, I can't make that jump. Right, and I, but I have learned over the last 10 years, like, there are so many of God's flock over there. So many of God's flock over there. And just because I can't make that jump, and they can't make the jump over to a true understanding of baptism like I have, right? just because I can't make the jump and I can't make the jump, it do doesn't mean that we're not all part of the same flock. Right? We just, we're, we're imperfect in our understanding of the Bible. Right? Because if we understood the Bible perfectly, then we would, we would all be one spot. I feel very confident about that. Right? So we're imperfect in that area. And I'm, I, I, I've learned to be okay with that. Now, there are some dividing lines, right? Obviously, how people view Jesus, how people view um, our relationship to God. There's some dividing lines in being in the flock or outside the flock. But God's flock is bigger than, than sometimes we think it is. And that's okay. Uh, it doesn't mean not to try to tell your, your Lutheran friends that their view on baptism is wrong, because I think it is, right? Like, but probably don't tell them they're lost, they're going to hell because they, you know, have some weird baptismal view, right? Because that's, honestly, as someone who's dealt with 
this stuff. Like, it's wrong. And God's salvation is bigger than, than I gather. And Jesus was trying to draw that out for the, the, the people of the day, that the flock of God is bigger than this narrow segment. And we've gone from taking God's, like, bring the flock together to resegmenting the flock. And that's why we have 50 churches in Rockdale, Texas, a town of 5,000 people. That's asinine, by the way. That's asinine. It's absolutely asinine. I mean, there's probably going to be judgment for that at some point. It should not be. Right. But we've gone back to resegmenting things. And in that process, we go to this exclusionary thing like, my way is the right way. My thoughts are the right thoughts. There's no thought outside of my thought. But the truth is, God's flock is vast. And you just got to get used to it. Because one day, when we do reach Beulah land, and we're on the new heaven, new earth, and doing that stuff, you're going to look over, and there's going to be someone who's Episcopalian, and you're going to be like, I know the Episcopalians are pagans. Right? And gone to my head, I might agree with you on a lot of things there. I got some issues right now with the Episcopalian Church in America. It's pretty substantial ones. There could be someone standing over there as Episcopalian and be like, dang, that's a big flock. Who knew? God's flock is probably vaster than we know. It doesn't mean don't share the gospel. Please share the gospel um, because, like, we don't know where the boundary lines are necessarily. Um, we do know they have to trust Jesus Christ for their salvation. Like, there's a true dividing line there. They have to enter through that gate. But the good shepherd, guys, ultimately knows and guards his flock, and so we follow that shepherd. Because Jesus is the good shepherd and he knows you and he guards you, we follow him today. I hope that you're following Jesus Christ. I hope that you've taken seriously the step of obedience. Like sometimes we give this easy belief of trust in Jesus Christ, your sins will be washed away, uh, and then we'll get you baptized because that's what we do. And then like you can go live however you want. Right? We'll have a funeral for you in 50 years. Right? It'll be great. Right? Right? That, 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 sometimes that's all people get from the church. We know it, it's more than that. We get to follow the shepherd. You know, we, we sing, uh, you know, uh, Odu Grace, how great a debtor. Daily I'm constrained to be. Let, let thy grace, Lord, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to thee. I love that idea. Right? That the thing that binds me to following Jesus Christ is the grace of God. It's not law. It's not judgment. It's not rules. It's not commands. It's that God has been so gracious to me that I just am like, yeah, I'm linked there. It's a voluntary fetter that I bound myself to. I'm not going to follow that guy wherever he goes. I hope you're following the good shepherd. If you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, I want you to know, today the good shepherd wants to be your shepherd. And he is calling you out of the sheep pen to enter through the gate into life. Today is a good day to believe. If you're already a believer in Jesus Christ, today is a good day to begin to follow him more closely. Because he's calling you to places to go. Let's pray.